hidden behind closed doors. Yeah. Uh, I'm This is Beer Movies. I'm Jason. And I'm Michael. Michael, what are we discussing today? Today, we are discussing 1960s Beyond the Time Barrier. Directed by Edgar G. Almer, whose real claim to fame is Detour. Absolutely. One of the all-time classics of the film noir genre. If you haven't seen it, Detour is one I would say you have to see. You really have to see it. Check it out. Jason, what are we drinking? Today, we're drinking Wild Barrel Vice Apricot Peach. It's a sour Berliner Vice style L. And this was sponsored. It was. Took a trip down to San Marcos. Nice. Got in touch with the folks at Wild Barrel, and they said, yeah, we'd love to contribute some beer to your podcast. And I was like, thank you. So Jane and I took a little day trip, went and stayed overnight, went to San Marcos, had a couple spots, went to Wild Barrel. Cool, cool spot. This is a great brewery. They have a series. It's Vice. And then it's, you know, this is Apricot Peach. They have one with black currant. They do a bunch of different fruits. They're fantastic. You've never had one of these, no, this right? Is, oh, this is absolutely delicious. It's, this is summer. Like, I want to be, like, surfing down a sand <laughs> dune into an ocean, just drinking this all day, and somebody just being like, do you want some more ceviche? Or Just, like, on a hot day, having these as ice cold sitting in the refrigerator. Cheers. Cheers. This is something where I, I probably end up drinking more than I should be drinking. You know what? Hot out. It's a judgment-free zone. I mean, because it lends itself to that. They're so tasty. It's tart, but yeah. not overwhelmingly. It's like there's just that kind of tart that you go, oh, I like it. Yeah. But the apricot and peach are like this creamy, like... Good combination. Yeah, almost like a nectar. Yeah, that's great. Thank you, Wild Barrel. Had a really fun time. This is a great brewery. I would go down there in a heartbeat. San Marcos, it's not that far. No. It just depends on what time you go, what time of day. It's it's that Southern California thing that you guys grew up with <laughs> that the rest of the world goes, this is ridiculous. Now, it wait, shouldn't take this damn long. To uh, try. I just want to say, how many years have you been in Southern California now? Uh, <laughs> 14. <laughs> 14. <laughs> but I mean, you grow up with it. And it's like, yeah, that's true. And I've gotten used to it, but there are still moments where I just think, good Lord. <laughs> do yeah. they have distribution outside of there? They do. You can get it around here. I see it in some chain uh, liquor stores. We have BevMo out yeah. here, and I know they started carrying it. So their distribution does reach us. I had a great time. They were really cool. They had so many beers on tap, it was ridiculous. They had a slow pour lager, and I said, Start with that. So it was slow, so it was like this creamy head. It was just super tasty. And I, that was my thinking beer. While I looked at the board of just dozens of beers, I, I went, I'm going to sip this nice little lager and kind of think of it, sort of plan my attack. Michael, this was your choice, so I want you to address a couple questions. Number one. Absolutely. Why did you, Have you seen it before? How did you come across choosing it? No, I had never seen it. It was one of those. I think I was doing like B-movies of the 1960s so like we have such a backlog of things we know i make a point of trying to find things i haven't seen it's easy to just like go horror movies or noir movies you know that kind of thing and and i said what about kind of a cheesy space you know sci-fi movie and i saw this beyond the time barrier right about a little bit i'm like oh edgar g elmer also sometimes I'll, i'll check availability if a movie is super super hard to find 
I've turned movies down. It should be accessible. Absolutely. This one is, you know, it's on, it was on YouTube. Yeah. I uh, to be. It's on Amazon Prime. It's on, yeah. It's yeah. Everywhere. So so it's it's pretty easy to find. <laughs> there is no real deep science to this. Like, to this Robert pre- Clark, I'm following his yeah. career <laughs> progression after yeah. the idiot Sunday. Vladimir Sokolov. <laughs> we we don't have enough Vladimir Sokolov in our life. <laughs> hey, this is our third movie with him in it. Macau. Yeah, you pointed that out. Arizona. Yes. <laughs> we should make an award for him. I mean, when you're in the running with Robert Mitchum there you go. or Vincent Price. Spoiler alert. You want to give us a little spoiler alert? Here we go. So it's 1960, and uh, Captain Allison is going to be doing a test flight of a ship going up into orbit. In the process of doing that, he somehow jumps into the future to the year 2024. Whoa, that is way far into the future. No, it's way into the 64 <laughs> years into the future. planet has been decimated by a plague, which we're going to talk about. I don't know if it's a plague, but people are, everyone's living underground. There are mutants. There are these people, very few people who are not mutants. There are only like two people who can speak. Everybody else is deaf, and, and they're living in a citadel. The normals, I guess, are living in a citadel, and everybody else has moved to Venus and Mars because this plague hit in 71, and everybody started leaving in 1973. So that's where he is. He ends up there, confused as all hell, as you would be, and uh, runs into some fun. There's ladies in short skirts. High hills. One thing I learned is Star Trek, the original series, was right. In the future, women wear short skirts, high heels as part of their uniform. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And I mean, you know, the, the main lady, she's cute. Yeah. She's cute as a butt. How do we, like, we have to talk about how to pronounce her name. Charini. When you make future names, like, uh, please. Dude, why, why can't it just be George? Yeah. <laughs> and just spell it with a J. Yeah. Trurine. But it's Trurini. But they didn't seem to know, because I (laughs) I think people were saying Trurine and Trurini. Let's call her her Trurini. Trurini. It's T-R-I-R-E-N-E. Trurini. Because Trurini is just going to annoy the hell out of us. Major Allison. Major Allison, the Supreme. And that's that's the captain, who's an ex-football player. Boyd Morgan. Now, that's a freaking name right there. There's a man, Boyd Morgan. I like like that. I bet he has a good handshake. We get going. Star Wars scroll. Or Star Wars. George Lucas. I would put money on it. George Lucas, obviously, Obviously. watched this movie. This movie is, it's low budget. What they did, the set designer. Ernest Tay. You're the one who wrote it. I was just going to say, the set designer, the production designer. Was well, like, because he's like, he was famous. Like, there, there's people in this movie, like Jack Pierce, the makeup artist who did Frankenstein Universal. He did the makeup, but let's be clear. He did the makeup on the aged Robert Clark at the end. Apparently, the mutants, he did not do those really poor. Terrible. Terrible. Edgar Omar, like you pointed out, film noir, like, detour. Detour, he's famous after the yeah. fact. Like, at the yeah. time, that movie was made for like two bucks. Yeah. That, that was not like some woo big budget thing. So Ed, Edgar Ulmer, I mean... I mean, he did a lot of B stuff. Tom, murder, murder is my beat. Yeah. You know? And then he went into the sci-fi stuff. The set designs in this are pretty cool. Absolutely. Minimal. And there's a lot of like that expressionistic shadows and odd angles that... that Done purposely by the set design. Yeah, triangles. There was a triangle motif. Oh, yeah. Literally. Tri- triangles are the future. In fact, Edgar Ulmer, his, his bio, he was interviewed about this, and he felt like triangles were really important. I thought it was an odd thing, but it's clear. They're like, we need more triangles in the future. Upside but, down. Upside down. Like, the, the stuff is like, yeah, stalagmites and... 
The Amazing Transparent Man was shot back to back with this. Because this had a strange like story where Robert Clark was the producer and he didn't want to direct it because he was tired after doing the Hideous Sun Demon. Yes, and then, which we all were. Oh, <laughs> I was watching it. <laughs> but the production company, like the money came from Texas, so they shot in Texas. And then, sadly, the production company went bankrupt. So the lab that had the film, this was like, don't give one print to the only place that has it. They auctioned off, and AIP came in and bought it on, like, pennies and released it. Knowing like, oh, wait, it, it, MGM's Time Machine's coming out in a month. Like, we can really tag on. And Robert Clark, the only money he made was the fee that he paid for being the actor in it. That's unfortunate, but, but at the same time, it, it's not like he missed out on Star Wars. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? It, it, it's not like he left $20 million yeah. on the table. Like, he, all he, that merchandise. Uh, on the table. He's like, oh, I could have made a month's rent. <laughs> All those the, animals like because make. seriously, this movie was not a huge hit. No, no, this no. wasn't, you know, coming out of nowhere and blowing everyone away, going, holy <laughs> crap, you know. So, yeah, he's Allison, our main guy, he's, he's getting ready. And I, and I really like this because they, they go in, they're doing the mission review. They get everybody in there. They've got a chalkboard with lots of arcs and formulas and stuff written. And they're going over. Here's, he's going to get in the ship. And it was stock footage. They had stock footage of a, of a plane they got from the Air Force. Yeah, like, yeah. yeah. That's sort of how the movie started. They said, we got stock footage. Let's make a movie around Let's really like spend a lot of time on that stock footage. Yes. Like, more time than necessary on our X-80 prototype. <laughs> so, so the ship, it's going to go through all these stages, and it's going to get up. This thing can go to 6,000 miles per hour. Okay. It's a big deal. So as the guy's going through all of this with all this stuff, then, then he goes, I think he says, the thin air of space. Because it's going to be 100 miles up. I don't... There's no air in space, is there? No. No, that's... I think but, they meant this in, like, atmosphere. But, yes. You know, they weren't being... But the thin, they weren't scientists. But what's great is he's going through all this stuff and yeah. everything, and then he goes, but in the thin air of space, who knows? Yeah. <laughs> who knows how fast you could go? Whoa, your science stopped. Yeah. Your science just kind of stops it. Once he gets up there... No. All bets are off. All bets are off. Anything can you know happen. He might break the time barrier. Our, our science doesn't work in space. He does go up, and he goes through all the stages, and of course, he's like, boom. You knew that something was going wrong because of that weird music. You're like, oh, when that weird music takes place, could be breaking the time barrier. <laughs> yes, because the plane sort of does a thing where it's like there's two planes uh, suddenly it makes I, no sense I, no because they even say they're like oh hey, he's doing this i didn't understand that scene i didn't either i watched it several times like are they saying that i kept trying part to, of the timeline is going on this way and he's going he's going into timeline. another time and they, they can still see him here but anyway yeah. he jumps into 2024 so far in the future and he lands in <laughs> two years from now can't wait for those triangles he lands back at the base. At Sands. Sands Air Force Base. And this is, Jason, this is something that I do, I, I have to address. Yeah. He lands at the base. He gets out. It's, it is 64 years in the future. And everything's just decrepit. It's gone to ruin. He gets out. He's wandering around. You know, it's that last man on earth kind of feel. You know, that whole thing. You know, you jump into the future and it's like, whoa, your home is just desolated and everything and it, and it is something he walks around he's sort of freaked out and he finds a sign he goes i'm in the right spot sands air force base and there's no one there everything's just gone and i kind of thought about it and not to get too serious about this silly movie but i thought that would have to be so disorienting confusing like panic inducing to just go what the hell's going on i mean that really would that would be such a 
like mind-bending experience. Well, I would say this both about Arthur C. Pierce who wrote the screenplay and Edgar Ulmer in terms of directing this movie. This is kind of a even when you get to the end when you think about it, it's kind of a negative dark movie those scenes when they're filming what added to that is that Robert Clark was able to film at an already abandoned Marine Air Force Base in Texas so it looked like that because yeah. it adds to the sense the of really desolate like oh yeah there's no one here I just left a couple minutes ago and now I'm back and it looks like something happened you walk out of this room 45 minutes later you walk in and everything's like Broken, aged, desolate, aged, covered in dust, bro- you know, gone to ruin. What the hell just happened to my life, you know? It's, the whole concept is all the nuclear bombs they've been testing eroded the protective layer on the planet, allowing cosmic radiation to just bombard the and, planet and, and make no one turned into like the Fantastic Four. No, they all turned into like the guy from <laughs> from Midnight Oil. <laughs> they all turned into bald freaks who heckle. Who just sit in the pit heckling people all day. Mutants are loud. It sounds like a comedy club. <laughs> just like a, with a bad comic who's just bombing. I did find that that was a great set piece to use. But once again, it's one of these things where they're like, we have this great set. We could use this abandoned Air Force base. We can make it look nice and then come back and actually tear down like the basic facade we put them to make it look real. And because he walks through, he has flashbacks to rooms he walked through way too long. <laughs> and then there's like jump scares where well, it's the piano and you're like, ah, but what, there's no mutant. No, why was the piano there anyway? <laughs> what the hell was that all about? Yeah, but know, no, Jason, it was, this, it was the officer's lounge. <laughs> hour, hour and 15 minutes, right? Right about there, yeah. right? Yep. This movie, absolutely. There are moments where this movie drags. Oh yeah, <laughs> and, it, and there is there's walking, and it's walking. It's the most odd walking. It, the director told these people, okay, you're in this shot. You're gonna walk slow, slowly. Yeah. Make sure slow. Yeah. You're walking slowly with your arms straight at your sides, and you're just gonna walk. Remember, slowly. You're going way too fast. <laughs> Slow down. You're going to walk slowly across here. That's the shot. You know, it's like they had stock footage of the plane, and then when there's the mutant uprising at the end, they used footage from another movie. Like, they were just, they went, we've got a 45-minute movie. We've got to somehow stretch it to a, at least another half hour. <laughs> I read there was a note that the original cut before the AIP cut, the AIP is the, who added those mutant scenes in, those other scenes, but the, one of the original cuts was that you actually got to see Robert Clark aged, and he's telling his story, and then it goes back and tells him the day that he came in. And so the surprise reveal, but then AP is like, no, we need a surprise reveal at the end. I really wish I could say with all honesty, <laughs> man, I'd like to see that other version. Yeah, I'd like to see that cut. <laughs> and, and, and again, I, I don't dislike this movie. No, no I, I don't. I, I enjoyed watching it. it. It was fine, but it's it's not something where I do go, ooh, yeah. that lost cut of Blade Runner. Yeah. Mm. Lost cut of Beyond the Time Barrier. I, no. I, <laughs> I, answers I, so many questions. I'm okay. <laughs> I'm okay. I'm okay. He's walking around, and then he sees, it looks like freaking Oz. He sees this, looks like a futuristic city, the giant citadel. With the sound effects that they borrowed from War of the Worlds. Exactly. Oh. Absolutely. And, and, he, and, and of course, in his mind, he goes, I'm, I'm going to head that way. Yeah. Why wouldn't you? But they're watching him, and they, they knock him out with a future beam. And they're watching him through triangle cam. Exactly. And they line up two triangles on him, <laughs> and that's when they hit him with the knockout ray. And they bring him in. He's in like the glass cone. And he wakes up and he's just immediately just ornery. Oh, yeah. And I would be too. I would. I might. Here's the thing. I don't know if I'd be as angry as I'd be completely freaked out. Yeah. Like, what's going on here? And then no one's saying a word to him. And later on, watch it several times, I realize 
it's just a throwy line, but the reason he was in that tube is that they cured him of potential radiation poisoning. Yes. And you never catch it because I'm like, why did they put him in the tube? The first time I'm like, why is he in the tube? Well, again, because the captain does say, he goes, the, the, the prisoner has been cleaned of radiation. Man, 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 man. So, but what's great is when they raise the cone, he goes, full Captain Kirk. Oh, yeah. He comes out swinging and knocks in the Trini, yeah. and he apologized for that. But it's great because his first... It's just so wonderfully like American. Like they raise the cone. He's like, "Let me out of here! Let me out of here!" And they raise the cone. And first thing he does is just, like start punching people. Just cuffs right away. <laughs> and then you're right. He apologizes. Like I'm really sorry. Because he does. Like, he bumped into her. Yeah. He, he goes, "Oh, sorry about that, young lady." Well, I mean, she's in a short skirt. She's yeah. cute as a button. Oh yeah, absolutely. She's adorable. Yeah, and she didn't make many movies after this. Her career was really short. I mean, if this is you know your introduction, she you made a movie with Elvis. Yeah. Um, right after this, I forget which one. But the other that, she she had kids, married, and really, I think she came back and she was like a stepwoman for a while. But no big career after this. But she, you're right, Dish, she's really cute. Oh yeah, yeah. I and, think and twenty for, years for no younger than Robert Clark in this movie. <laughs> Just like oh, know. that's how it worked. <laughs> it still works that way. You know, it's <laughs> never works the reverse. No, the river never flows the other way. It flows this way. I'm not saying it's right. <laughs> Just saying that's how it is. So, but then we meet her grandfather, the Supreme, who is just an odd duck. So we're creating tension by someone. You're going to get way too deep into this. No, I'm just saying we're creating tension because people are like, people just won't be honest and say, listen, I was a U.S. Air Force and I left 1960 Sands Air Force Base and I landed back. Everything is destroyed. Could you tell me where I am? A little bit of information could, could clear a lot of this up. And even the Maybe. Supreme could say... Let you know it's 2024. Yeah, you might want to you might want to sit down. Yeah, <laughs> take a seat, buddy. <laughs> but Jason, at the same time, because he does this, because the the captain does the hard sell. He starts being the hard case, and he goes to name, rank, and serial number because that is something as a soldier might be training where you go. I'm not supposed to be talking about my mission. At that time, you know, you go. This could be a Russian. This could be a point. The Russians somehow got a hold of me, so he kind of falls into that. He he literally does give his name, rank, and serial number at some point. Because so it's not real at and, all. And I'm I, I'm defending this movie for no reason. But the Supreme gives away a lot of other information except what's pertinent. He says like, Terrain is my granddaughter," and to let you know, except for me and the captain. Have no idea how this happened, why there's no other older people but those two. Um, everybody else is deaf and mute. And apparently, if you've been that way for a while, you're going to get some ESP like Tareen here. <laughs> and she's going to read your thoughts, not perfectly, even though I think she does a pretty good job. And I should probably trust her, but, you know, not perfectly. <laughs> well, Jason, the, like the powers and deformities are all scrambled. Yeah. Like, like for instance, the Supreme... He's been around a long time. He's older than 64 years old. He was... They, he was here before this, like... Before, yeah. He was around before the plague, but he hasn't been affected by it. Yeah. And the, and the captain, we find out, he's in the early stages. Yeah. Again, he's older. Why is it the Supreme, who clearly would have been alive in 1960, why does not it, recognize a U.S. flag or the Air Force? Like, it, there's... Well, and, like, come on. Well, <laughs> and why is he going by the Supreme? Yeah. I mean, you know what I'm saying? It's like his name was Martin. And then after the apocalypse, he goes, no, nah, I want to be a, I want to be known as the Supreme. That's some weird Mad Max stuff right there. And the future, of course, is all minimalist. There's, no one has anything, even the Supreme's office. There's literally just two bowling balls sitting on a desk. I bet they I do like the set design. It is nice. The set design is, is yeah. cool, but it is, they're, they're not hanging like, stuff. Where's there's the computer? No decoration. No, like, 
it's de- they're depressed. Yeah, I think that's the thing. I think they're all clinically depressed. So it's like I'm not even going to bother. You know, how somebody's just like I'm just going to not hang that painting. Let it sit in a corner for years, and it's like, buddy, you're depressed. You got to get it, get some help. It's not like there was a war. It's radiation is mutating half a society that did not get off of Earth. That to me is not a plague. No, but they keep calling it the plague. So, like museums wouldn't have been destroyed unless there was widespread chaos afterwards when this was going on. I, I don't know, but anyways, we get this strange situation. I just want to talk about it quickly because. The captain, like, is a hard press, and he's like, you know what? And even the Supreme's like, okay, yeah, you should probably take out Major Allison away. I've got methods. Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to throw him into the pit of mutants, and we're going to discuss this. But then, immediately, they're like, let's pull him out of the pit of mutants, bring him back here, because Tareen thinks it's okay. <laughs> but it's just it's a of mutants. No, it, it is, Jason. And, and they're in a pit. We find out that after everything, they dug tunnels, yeah. because radiation was just, you know, you couldn't live on the, pl- on the surface. So tunnels were dug. That's where there everybody was living, but and that's I couldn't figure it out. Like all these mutants were thrown into, they called it the pit. But I kept thinking, oh, is this a cave? Is this like a Day of the Dead thing yeah. where there's like the caves? But I guess it was just a pit that they threw these people. I was so confused because were they trapped in there, or was there a tunnel that they could go out of? My thing is that they're in prison in there. These yeah. are things that they capture from the outside. They throw them in the pit. I, and they see you got to feed these people. Then yeah. wouldn't it be, make more sense just to be like, get out of here and go back into your tunnels? And they, when they throw Major Allison in there, he fights them off, but he strong arms one, and they kind of tell him like, oh, oh, they give it up. Yeah, yeah. It's, <laughs> like the, you guys cause this radiation. You may t- you guys have all the food and everything like that. You're not giving us to sustain. And I'm thinking, well, these people don't seem they're not crazy. No, but, the plague is not causing them to no, be like, crazy in George Romero. It's like, well, why don't we deal with these people and try to rebuild society? They're like, no, no, they look like mutants because they're bald. Well, Jason, what I love is when they when they go down to throw them into the pit, they are they're all just sitting there heckling. You just hear this like, ah, where did get you? And they're, they're like a bunch of hecklers. So, you know. Let me ask you this: radiation, okay, the plague causes mutants to go bald, but they can still speak. Cause other people. Basically, there's, not to speak. There's no, con- not there's no continuity. There's no continuity. If I could get the mutants, I'd, I'd go, stop with the heckling. I'd almost rather hang out with them yeah. than, than a bunch of, because the deaf mutes. The deaf, yeah, the deaf mutes are all very weird, very wooden. They all just walk and stare blankly at you. Yeah. They're not really bringing that much to the table except a bunch of triangles. If they don't all know ESP and can read, why don't they, haven't they developed a device where they could basically type in and show them, like, what they're saying? Or yeah. That, like, or even, like, honestly, a clipboard. Dude, you, you have that you have that kooky ray. You've got solar stuff. You know? Yeah. A pen. There's no pens. There's no yeah. paper. You have, you have gigantic pictures. Like, that's the future. They don't have a little, you know, eh. Because when Major Allison deals with every, like, servant that comes in, he talks to them as if you, like, they don't know any language whatsoever. He's like, fake are you... <laughs> and he's doing the <laughs> hand gestures. It is. It's totally ridiculous. So yeah, he gets thrown in the pit, but he gets to tr- read. Immediately pulled back out. And so they go. They dress him, give him clothes and stuff, give him food, and he, and he goes, "Oh my god, I'm so hungry!" And he takes a bite and just makes a face. And and I kept thinking, like, because you watch those movies about the future, like dystopian futures, and, you, and I go, "Yeah, there's only you know, there's not soil and green. You it's know, it's soil and green, or it's rats, yeah. nasty rats, not you know, you're a little nice rat, but like a sewer rat that you're eating." And I go, "Ah, that's a, the rats you ate in future." man it's exactly oh, <laughs> terrible awful 
This is not awful. This no. the, this apricot peach, the vice. So a wild barrel sour done in Berliner Berliner vice. Berliner vices are light. They should be low ABV, kind of tart, bright. Well, that's hits hits all those. Yeah, I finally had. I'd never seen it when I was there. They had the vice without fruit, so it was like just the Berliner vice. Mm-hmm. I was super excited because it's like the base. The base beer, and then they take it and they add, you know, apricot peach and all these. There's like dozens. I don't know how many they have at this point. They actually, I, and I think I took a picture of it. They had in the brewery framed cans of all the different vice beers they've done. And if I had it, I posted it to promote this. But yeah, they've done at least two dozen, I think, different ones. I have not had this. I've had this several. Is excellent. It's yeah, 5.2%. Berliner vices, I've never seen. No, I've never seen anyone do. An Imperial Berliner Weiss, where it's like nine, you know? It's like they should kind of rock right in at this this light, easy drinker. It's new, 2016, that's when the brewery was founded? Yeah, highly recommend it. And they do more than just the Berliner Weisses. There's stout, uh, IPAs, really good Pilsners, great brewery. So we get the first creep. After he gets his clothes, they've got clothes, they're making clothes yeah, and belts yeah. and stuff. They make some but, clothes for the mutants. And they're in rags. Yeah, at least hats. You know, they might want a hat. You know, they might need a wig. <laughs> after, after, you t- after you kill the rat for the food, like skin it, take that, make a little wig, a little hairpiece for these guys. Nobody does. He does his first creep on, on Torini. He's walking, goes back. She's got this groovy little apartment going where she has her own big-ass pool. And he walks back and finds her. She's just, like, finished getting changed. She has a nice wardrobe, too. And he's, oh, all gentlemanly. Oh, sorry, I didn't mean to, like, walk in on you. Well, there don't seem to be a a lot of doors. Just upside-down pyramids. the future. In the future. In the Citadel. We don't. There's one door. It's, like, on the Supreme's office in case of mutant uprising. (laughs) Earlier, they had mentioned Cruz and Borman. They're like, you're a spy one of these cats. So, of course, Allison says to Torini, he goes, I, I got you know, I, I, I want to meet this cruise fella. So she takes him to meet the gang. And it looks like they go there, like, I can't, is that is that an animation of an elevator? That scene? That yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's future. Future sounds. You can do that, but you can't get off this rock. Yeah. You can do all of this. Build all of this, but you can't get off the rock. So we meet the scapes, as they're referred to. And here's the thing. Are they called the scapes because they are part of the human population that escaped yes. planet Earth? Okay. And it just so happens that everybody who somehow breaks the time barrier <laughs> ends up in 2024. Yeah. You're, you're, you're not breaking the time barrier any other way. Yeah. There's only one way you're breaking and it. And you're only going to 2024. So it's Cruz, Borman, and Markova. Yeah. Cruz and Borman arrived in 1994. Markova arrived in 1973. Well, they, they departed. She departed from 73. Yeah. And Borman and Cruz departed from 1994. Yeah. So that's where they came from. Markova, which at first you think, man, that's mean. But she makes Torini very uncomfortable. She makes her feel very unwelcome. Chases her away. She could read their minds. Yeah. Well, and Allison is, he doesn't, he's not very quick on the uptake. I don't know how he's their best, you know. (laughs) Their best and brightest. Best pilot, you know. But, well, they clearly didn't but, know what happens. They're like, you know what? Someone we might, we're probably going to lose. So. But, but after this happens, he, he looks at Markova and goes, what kind of female are you? So they're saying, dude, she can read minds. And he goes, oh, I totally forgot that. Yeah. I was, 
How could you forget? Because every conversation is, were you thinking that? She's like, she's overly expressive, like, like just bit. You can't see what I do. Like big smiles and facial. Like there's no attempt to do any sign language or anything. It's just like, and so now we get like every single piece of information about this movie. Exposition, like this is what happened. This is what happened. I came from here. We came from here, and then they go, "Whoa, pump the brakes! You came from 1960. That's before the plague." And he's like, "What the hell are you talking about?" (laughs) Again, Allison is there. He's our best test pilot, and I go, "Ah, we're doomed. (laughs) No wonder the plague happened with guys like this in charge." And also, Allison's ship, he informs him, is untouched. It's at the base. And there's a lot of what? (laughs) So they're thinking, if we could get to that ship. We could go back. The, the reason is, like, if we go back the exact same way we came in. We can go back to, to the that, future. Exactly. <laughs> Come on, Marty. So they'll go back to 1960 and inform everybody, like, we're heading down a wrong path. We could prevent this plague. And you think all these scientists and the Markovas, a captain, that they're all in line with this. Like, yeah, that, that makes total sense. So, of course, he goes back. It's the second creepy perv. Yeah. He creeps on Torini. This is when they make out. He goes, I almost wish you couldn't read my thoughts. And she slaps him because clearly he's yeah. thinking some pervy oh, yeah. thoughts, man. <laughs> Honestly, I wouldn't want to be around that person. And then he's like, are you upset? And she's like... No, no. Not. <laughs> and then when he's he's about to leave, she points him out the door because he has another, no doubt, unclean, pervy thought about her. And of course, he, he's he's been tailed. Marco Marco was like, "Dude, we got a plan. We've got a plan to get the band back together." <laughs> So Markova's plan, she never reveals a full plan. And then when, when every time something happens, she's like, it's part of the plan. <laughs> <laughs> well, her plan, then she has that revolutionary speech at the end. That's I think that's her that is her plan. You know, for this plan to happen, there's like we're gonna get you to your ship. We're working on the formula. For you to go back, get to the right angle at the right speed. The math, the science makes no sense. And I'm not a math guy. <laughs> but it just and makes I, no just, sense I, I went, this is baloney. Yeah. This is absolute total baloney. <laughs> and I'll, I'll do it only because I want to get the hell out of here. <laughs> so, but they go, we got it. We need Torini. We need maps. Yeah, we, maps we need out to that the sand blueprints to get out of here and all this nonsense. And so he goes back again. Her third time's a creep. <laughs> and she's swimming. Every time he goes back, he looks at the pool, and he's almost looking at it as if, oh, I wish she was in there swimming. Yeah. I like, and then this time he goes, oh, yeah, she's in there swimming. And I think that swimming pool is actually the, the motel that everybody was staying at while they were filming this. I, I think you're right. I believe I read that. It was great. Well, she is the Supreme's granddaughter. With power comes a little bit extra. Because everybody else is walking around all the time marching, not sure what they're doing. You know, moving pyramids around probably. Um, but the captain reports to the Supreme that the scientists are plotting Major Allison's escape. And he's right. Yeah, he is, but, he's going right. The, the, cap, the captain comes off as like the villain, but he ends up not at all. Like he's just a guy who's trying to protect his people. But he's not a bad guy, really, because he, he tells Allison about Cruz and those folks, which ends up being a, a good warning. And then he basically says, "He's like, hey man, Torini's our only hope. So but, be be cool to her." But Torini's and here's a like this. Their so, plan is basically like these two people are going to repopulate the Earth. That's going to last like two generations. Exactly. There's no way and, possible. And things are going to go totally sideways because you're going to be going. You and your brother have to have a baby. Like, 
I mean, that's what, what do you do? Yeah, the hills have eyes. All yeah, over. it's gonna be the, they're gonna be mutants. Yeah, and it's, but it's, the tunnels have eyes. Yeah. It's not the hills. Because everyone <laughs> talks about like, okay, well, um, Cruz, Borman, and Markova. They're not sterile because they haven't been here. So uh, that, we, that crossed my mind. Why right. don't we make it a DNA chart? I mean, it, it makes no like. There's they have no long. <laughs> what are you gonna there. do? How are you making a DNA chart? Yeah. You don't have pen or paper. Yeah. <laughs> like, there's no pen or paper to be destroyed had. during the plague, Michael. <laughs> <laughs> the Supreme tries to give Major Allison the hard sell, and Major Allison's like, "I don't believe this." And, and the Supreme's like, touch my hand. <laughs> it is flesh. I mean, it's a weird dialogue. Where it, You're here. Yeah, the Supreme's like, I don't believe your story. You are not from the past. Like, I don't I don't believe you whatsoever. I don't know why the Supreme finds that so hard. Like, like, everything, like, okay, you've got Markova, yeah. Borman, and Cruz and Captivity. he doesn't believe those people either. But, you know, they're there. They can talk. Yeah. This dude is like, I've got, I can take you to my plane. Look at all the technology you have around you. You have this weird beam. People are in frickin' Venus, man. And why can't you communicate with the other, like, the our colonies on Mars and Venus? Like, that seemed to be, it would be pretty easy to, like, communicate yeah, with them. they left, everybody left, they said, anyone who was infected has to stay. Yeah. Does that mean, we can't talk to you. We can't keep in touch. In case, hey, maybe if things get sorted out on Earth, you know, or maybe we care logic that jumped off a long time ago <laughs> there is two science fiction books i read that slightly remind me of this i mean they're in no way related one is called wool and i can't remember like exactly what it was about but it's about like life in a silo after a complete societal collapse and people really don't they think the silo is really that's all that there's left that's all and that's really what society is and then there's an old story called The Nightland by William Hope Hodginson, where he talks about these giant pyramids at basically the end of Earth, and they're called the Redoubts, the last remnants of society lives. The plots have nothing to do with this, but as I watch this like, several times, I'm like, oh, those kind of remind me of But the same thing, I have all these questions, like, it's like they're isolated from everything. And, and also as if we didn't have time to build other underground places across the world, you would think other people would be like the Supremes, like, well, let's try this. And there's no communication with them either? Yeah. No. Well, I mean, we, we know... Wait for the sequel. No, they, they, <laughs> they did say that after everyone left, they're like, they started building tunnel systems. Yeah. We built this city. So, yeah. He's trying to keep Allison. He says, Allison, you know, you, you don't want to go. You and Terrain, hit, hit. Yeah. You could stay here we and have this. Nudge, nudge. You know what I mean? He said knowingly. <laughs> he says, you stay here. Tureen, you know, you guys be a great couple and save us. <laughs> and, and again, that, two people. That's yeah. not how it works, man. That's not how this is going to work. It would be fun yeah. for a little while. And then they'd be like, be the job. And, uh, and then again, you, you and your sister have to have a baby. Yeah. And that's, that's, that's when I check out. But Allison says, I value my freedom more than this. If you're supreme, that's a harsh line. Yeah. It's just like, oh, this is my life, dude. Like, this is this is built. Yeah, man, this is, you are just crapping all over me right Look now. At the Captain's Van Dyke, it's excellent. It's amazing. It's stab someone. This is amazing. It is. The beer is fantastic. It's making I love discussing this. this movie a lot easier. And here's the thing, dude. I like this movie. It's fine. This isn't even near near the the no. worst movies we've done. This is a this is a decent movie. Yeah. It's just 
it's been done better. It was done better during that time period. I mean, you can look at a lot of parallels between this and H.G. Wells' The Time Machine. And George Pallant made the movie and was released one month after this. And the same thing where you have, yeah. you know, was it the Morlocks and the Eloys, the people of Underground who were mutants, the Morlocks and the Eloy who were living a perfect existence. So, yeah, it's just... No, it's a shoestring budget. It's it, yeah. it's not bad. It's, oh. it's not bad. It's just I'm not... I'm in the middle of the teeter top. Yeah. I've watched it a couple times now. I'm probably not going to watch it again. I get, yeah, yeah, this is this isn't one I'll revisit. You want to talk about the mutant uprising? <laughs> well, 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 it's great. It's, yes. <laughs> oh, because Markova, everything, everything's coming to a head. Markova goes. They're, one of their big plans is they're going to go free the mutants. Why? To just re- they create chaos while they try to escape. That's. I think that's it. But but they. But they don't she gives the, like, she gives the strident. Like, come, brothers, yeah. you're free, you're oppressors. And, and she based it on, she said she based it on uh, Lawrence Olivier, some, like, speech he gave in a... In a Shakespearean she, yeah, 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 I, I read that, too. Yeah. She has those pauses, too. Yeah, like, but it is, it's just, she's got a gun, and, and it's uh, all hell's breaking loose. And then, and then Allison is, he's trying, he's trying to get away, and he runs into Markova, and and Marco was like, you know, dude, you gotta go. You gotta go get your plane. Yeah. Get your suit. Let's <laughs> and, go. And he says, I, I gotta get Torini. He's like, who, who cares about her? We're done with her. And he goes, I'm taking her with me. And she goes, it's just the two of us now. It's like it's just you and me. It's like yeah. she does a whole like film noir, like yeah. film fatality all. And also, surprise, we're not going back to 1960. We're going back to 1973. Which is like the dumbest why? thing. Why would you want to go back to crap? In the midst of a plague, like where you're trying to escape the planet, why would you do that? Yeah, why do I want to go back to the crap when I can go back to the stake that led to the crap? This is when things get really fun for me because he, because Allison goes, you're double-crossing Cruz and Borman? And I know where Cruz pops up and goes, not for long, and, sh- and shoots her. <laughs> Whoa! And I was like, whoa, that was heavy handed. And, and, and he goes, come on, Allison. He's like, all right. So we're going to go with you. So then they go and they find Borman, yeah. and Borman kills Cruz. <laughs> and he's like, what the hell? He goes, he was going to take your plane, dude. Yeah. I'm ch- and, and Torini's there, and, and she's and she's nodding, going, yeah, he's telling the truth yeah. that Cruz was totally going to yeah. do that, which I don't know how she picks that up yeah. thinking Borman, because Borman could be lying. Yeah, because then Borman, like, because he's told, he goes, take your clothes off, I'm going to take your plane. <laughs> And like, his, how many crosses are there? It's like also his logic. He's like, I'm gonna go back to my time period, and I'll never remember this. And I'm like, oh, is that how it works? Like when everybody goes back in time, they're not gonna remember this. Yeah, because because your initial plan was you're gonna send Allison back, yeah. and he's gonna warn everybody. And this but now, happen. but yeah, but if you think he's gonna forget everything, what the hell's going on? But they have a tussle, Michael. Oh, they do. Well, and Torini gets shot, yeah. which is honestly one of the things in this movie that sort of makes it a little interesting to me. Yeah. It's not the happy ending of, of those, I'm going to take you back to 1960, Wait. and then he chokes him out. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. That's some hate. That's yeah, some hate. it was. And meanwhile, there, there was this huge uprising going, and they used footage from an absolutely different movie <laughs> during this uprising. <laughs> So again, it's one of our rules. We have a couple of rules. So definitely a B movie if you have multiple titles, and you're definitely. I'm going to say you're definitely a B movie if you're filling out your movie with footage from another movie. Oh yeah, <laughs> that's, that's B movie. That's a clear sign. So yeah, but he has to take Torini back. Well, does he? He does because he's the hero. He's yeah. he's got to take her back but, to her grandma. But here's the thing. He's walking through a mutant uprising, and there's no like that. That t- like, that quieted quick. Yeah. 
<laughs> Dude, no, I, I thought the same thing. I, I went, this is and like... The no, mutants are going to get them. Yeah, no, nobody's... The mutants seem to know, I guess... I don't know how they all know, but they seem to know Allison's yeah. like, he's cool. But now it's dead quiet. Takes Torini to the Supreme, and the Supreme goes, yeah, I guess you're right. Yeah. I'm going <laughs> to help you escape. So they go do the weirdest walk in the history of walks. It is both walking slowly, their hands and arms straight at their sides. There are no more mutants. No. The mutants are gone. How? Where do they go? Do they escape the Citadel? Is that what they're planning the whole time? I don't know why I would want to escape. If I could take that over, yeah. I don't know why I'd want to escape. The food's there. You got nice paths. The, the re- yeah, the rest of the planet is tunnels. Probably crappy tunnels. <laughs> I doubt they're well furnished. We're not, talk- we're not talking to hobbit holes. Yeah. <laughs> I, I think these are just desolate, day of the dead tunnels of just moaning yeah. sadness going on. They do the future handshake, yes. like the cross arm. We're doing a yeah. handshake on this side, and we're grabbing forearms yeah. on the other. That's the future. Gives him Torini's ring. Remember Torini. Make and, sure this doesn't happen. And it fits his hand, which makes me think he must have little baby <laughs> hands. <laughs> so he goes back. He goes back. He, he, he does. Back. He gets the beep, beep, boop, 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 boop. And there he is. And, but there's an emergency. This is Everyone the needs to scramble. Ever. Holy they smokes. They really drew this out. We need Lloyd Patterson. You got to have Lloyd Patterson. Every situation needs a Lloyd Patterson because they do. They scramble people. You know, they're scrambling things. That's a big deal. And when we find out, there's a reason because it, it, I guess I'm thinking like a, a 27 to 30 year old man yeah. was left and then he comes back and suddenly he's like in his late 80s. Why? I don't know, but that would be a shock to the system yeah, if you all yeah. of a sudden you come back and you're like, oh, I can't fly this well, goddamn thing. Well, so, like, the, the, so is he still in his space gear with a nurse and doctor walk in and they go, whoa! Like, the nurse is almost, like, jumped yeah. out of her skin. Yes, and I'm like, it's just an old man. You didn't even know what he looked like to begin with. I'm assuming if they said, hey, we're bringing in a pilot. Yeah. They aren't expecting a ninety-year-old man. But she jumped like it was like a zombie. Or something. Oh no, it was. Yeah, like he had tentacles thinking, in his yeah, face or something. I was yeah. Thinking at first, like, ooh, something happened. Yeah, something cool. Yeah. Something really cool it's happened. Yeah, I mean, he's, he's heckling her because now he's a mutant. <laughs> but no, they do. They bring in the top brass. And, and his buddy Marty is like, you know, don't let anyone in this room. They listen to a tape, and he's telling his story. And Marty says, uh, me and the doctor will vouch for this guy. He's sane. This story sounds nuts, but he's sane. We vouch for him. You want to go see him? Yeah. <laughs> like, 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 seriously, like, this is circus freak. Yeah. Let's go check him out. And they go in, and, oh, the reveal. He is. He's like a 90-year-old dude. And he's also, he's really aggressive. Yeah. Because he's like, oh, the plague. The plague. <laughs> we have to stop it. We Here's have to read his ring. Hold it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> What's I going to tell but, them? Well, I mean, well, but, and they, and they go, uh, just so you know, we did look it up and, and cruise. And Borman are real people. They're students at this time. Borman has come up with some crazy science stuff yeah. that everyone's talking about. And he does. He, he just starts yelling, The plague! We have to prevent it! Ah! And then he hands the ring as if, like, Whoa, we don't have rings in 1960. Yeah. What, what is a, this strange Like, I kept girl. thinking the ring would be something that yeah. there'd be, like, you know, oh, help me, Obi-Wan. There'd be yeah. some sort of hologram, hologram that would come out, and Trini would be just making a cute yeah. face, and they go, oh, my God, it's a hologram. Yeah. Those don't exist. They have rings in 1960. Yeah. That's, and, and then the great line. The great ending line of all movies. I think it's Lloyd 
Patterson who delivers it. I'm assuming that guy was Lloyd. We always need a Lloyd Patterson. He's like, gentlemen, we got a lot to think about. And that's the movie. That's it. So, Michael, would you recommend this movie? Here we are again. Yeah. Because our, our last movie was very similar. I mean, it's hard to recommend it. Ed, Edgar Ulmer, you know, he gave us Detour. To me, if, if that's the only thing you have on your resume, you've done a solid bit of work in your life. This is like, it, it's just there. I'm not going to actively discourage people from seeing it, but I, I'm not going to go, this is essential. This is really cool. You should check this out. The last movie we did, The Saracen Blade. Very similar. Same thing. Yeah. The sets are very cool, and it's it's just funny. In an hour and 50 minutes, you could have about 50 drinks <laughs> just <laughs> laughing, watching, going, let's do a drink when people walk weird. So what about you? So the same thing where I'd never seen this before, did some research. I think most of my research came from, there's a book by Tom Weaver, I'll like keep watching the sky. He talks about 50s and 60s movies, particularly science fiction. It's not a bad movie. I think it moves an hour and 15 minutes. There's some parts where I'm like, oh, it's, it's slowing down here. It, it was probably a 40-minute movie at most with the script, and they extended it. But it's not a stinker. It's not something like, oh, my gosh, like this is so awful. Oh, they terrible. didn't even try. No. It, I would say if they had not, that set designer, if that set designer who had very little money, they had access to, I think, the Exposition Park in... I think Centennial Park or Dallas, where they had the State Fair, did a lot with what they had. And yeah, absolutely. It made it look great with deep shadows, kind of that minimalist. I mean, it was just such a good look. Angles. Yeah, love. added to it. And they got access to abandoned military bases where this looked realistic. Um, there's plenty of movies around this time that are, are better. That, yeah. So I, I, I wouldn't recommend it the same thing. Like, if it comes on, you're up late I at put night, the- you know. I'm not going to say don't watch it, but I'm not going to go out and recommend it. And I I also, I'll probably not watch it again. I've watched it plenty of times now. I'll probably not watch it again. That's two in a row now. Of of movies that I'm like, I don't dislike them. I'm just done with them. Yeah. I've had my my day. But this. Oh, dude. (laughs) Wild Wild Barrel. I'm telling you. I I mean, they, they make so many great beers. This Vice series, though, I just, I tell people all the time. I go, this is, this series is so awesome. You know, but there'll be times where I go, oh, I love that one. And then I go back and they have a new one. That's the only thing about these like series that breweries do is they always churn it like new ones. And, and I go, oh man, I really love that one. And I now it's, but they've always been great. I always check them out. They're fantastic beers. It was a great beer. Absolutely yeah. fantastic. Yeah, I would, I, I, I think you would have this. Oh, yeah. You're, I think Jennifer would like this. Oh, yeah. Thank you, Wild Barrel. Absolutely. Thanks, guys. We had a great fun. Going to go back there for sure. San Marcos, we had we had a fun time down there. So yeah, I think that wraps up this this conversation. I think that does. This is Beer and Movies. I'm Jason. And I'm Michael.